Good morning, everyone. It is wonderful to be with you. A very happy new year to you. I think it's the first time I'm seeing you this year, unless you were in Clarence last week, because that's where I was. But a very happy new year. I pray that it is a year filled with God's blessings and God's love and all the peace. Who wants a lot of peace this year? Amen. (laughs) You know, the unfortunate thing, though, is that no matter how peaceful your year is, it will never be as peaceful as an Afrikaans bedroom. That will always be calmer. Uh, uh, it can only get better from here. <laughs> it is so good to be with you uh, this morning. We, as Quinton shared, are in week two of our new sermon series where we are talking a little bit about uh, some characters who experience new beginnings and second chances. And so today we are going to be reading from uh, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, where we're going to be looking at a man named Legion. And I'm sure you know his story well. But before we get into that reading, before Mark chapter 5 comes Mark chapter... Starting the year off as good biblical scholars, I see. Mark chapter 4. And that's really where our journey begins. That's where Jesus' journey began as he prepared to meet Legion. And Mark chapter 4 is a very famous story, and you'll know the story well. It's where Jesus uh, looks at his disciples when, specifically, when evening came. And when evening came, he said to them, we need to get on the boat, and we need to set sail, so that we can cross over to the other side. Because he had a very important mission he needed to accomplish in a region he had never been before. And I don't know about you, but if I'm a disciple, really if we're being very honest, without any masks or pretense, if I'm a disciple at this point, I'm going to be a little wary. (laughs) Because they didn't have the best of luck in boats, did they? (laughs) And to top that off, it is very well known that in that region, storms would come about suddenly without any warning. And this would happen particularly at night. (laughs) And did you notice? When evening came, (laughs) evening Jesus says to his disciples, come, let us get on the boat. Can you imagine in that moment the disciples' true human reaction? It probably wasn't enthusiastic. (laughs) They probably started to look at each other, roll their eyes at each other, like, sure, great, Jesus. What a great time for a sail. What a great time for an adventure. Who needs sleep? Can you imagine like the apostle Peter uh, bending down and untying the boat, muttering under his breath, because he was quite a feisty one. Or James and John kind of just rolling their eyes at each other like, here we go again. (laughs) Thomas just standing there in disbelief. Seriously, that's a funny joke because he doubts. Man, (laughs) I'm praying for favor at the 6 p.m. service. (laughs) But can you imagine their response? And, And then they set sail and, of course, suddenly... Without any warning, a storm comes along. And Scripture says that waves literally break over the boat so that it is almost completely swamped with water. And the disciples are afraid and in a panic. And so they rush to Jesus and wake him up, and they even reprimand Jesus, don't you care? And you know what happens next. Jesus stands up and in a few words rebukes the storm, and there's peace complete peace. And ironically, in that peaceful moment, Scripture says that the disciples moved from being afraid to terrified. (laughs) 
And they start to mutter among themselves again and whisper, Who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him. And so now they're in this reverent fear, absolutely terrified. They've just endured a traumatic storm after a day worth of very intense ministry in Capernaum. And they eventually dock. Can you imagine the utter relief they must have felt when that boat hit that shore? And they got out, they probably kissed the ground, breathed in a deep sigh of relief. And it's in this moment, after this whirlwind of emotions, that they look up. And from the hills comes running at them with all his might, in all his glory, <laughs> legion, the man possessed with many demons. I'm pretty sure that boat was looking very good to them <laughs> in that moment. And it is here that we pick up the story. I'm reading to you from the Gospel of Mark, beginning at verse 2. When Jesus got out that boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the iron on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want to do with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, in God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of that man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of, herd of pigs was feeding in the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us into the pigs and allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Don't you think that's funny? <laughs> Those who had seen it told the people what had happened, and the demon-possessed man, and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting on the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much mercy he has had on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done. And all the people were amazed. I'm so grateful for God's word. It's really just such an incredible story. It's just so rich with so much truth. And I think as I reflected on the story, it is very clear and very evident that I don't think, and perhaps you've come across someone, but I don't think there's someone in the New Testament who is more chaotic than this man. A legion was completely unhinged. He was completely out of control. In fact, he was so bad that even a pagan region, a pagan city, couldn't deal with him. 
and excommunicated him to live on the outskirts, even the pagan people, the eccentric pagan people, with all of their evil rituals and practices, could not handle him. They could not handle him. They tried to restrain him with chains, and he would just break them. The text said that nothing and no one could subdue him. He was completely out of control. In Luke's account of the story, he even says that Legion would often walk around naked. He had completely lost his mind. He was chaotic. He was unhinged. And so he was excommunicated to live among the tombs on the outskirts of society. And it's here where he would cry out day and night, night and day, in desperation. He would even cut himself with rocks. In complete desperation, he had even turned to self-harm. He was tired, he was weary, he was lonely, he was confused. He spent all his time fighting a force within that he couldn't understand. And he had completely come to the end of himself. He had come to the end of himself. Now, as you sit here this morning, clothed, <laughs> it is something I'm quite grateful for. But it also is a clue that there's an element of Legion's story that we'll never be able to fully understand. We'll never be able to fully grasp what exactly he was going through. But I'm sure you can agree with me when I say that there is a truth that resonates. At least it does for me. You see, I too know what it's like to feel like you're fighting against this force within that you cannot see. Perhaps it's a, a deep desire or a temptation or a very strong emotion, a deep sadness, a chaotic anger. I know what it's like to wrestle with that. I know what it's like to feel lonely or excluded. I'm sure we all do. There's an element of each of our lives, I'm sure we could admit, where we feel a little out of control. I'm not sure what it is. Perhaps it's not breaking change. Perhaps it's breaking the budget. Did that hit a little hard after Christmas? It hit me a little hard. <laughs> we may not hurt ourselves with stones, but we hurt ourselves in the thoughts we think, in the decisions we make, in what we tolerate, in how we isolate. We may not cry out to the mountains day and night, but if we've been real, <laughs> we know what it's like to cry out desperate prayers, perhaps even whisper desperate prayers that we secretly believe will never be answered. There's an element of Legion story that can resonate with all of us. Now, as we begin this new year, with all of its possibilities and potential, I'm not sure if you have noticed this, but I have noticed that people seem to be a lot less inspired than usual. I know it's true for me. Like there seems to be this, we're lacking the sense of drive and excitement that we usually would have at this time of year. Has anyone else noticed that? Just me? Yeah? 
And I think the reality is that the last couple of years have been heavy for us. They've kind of taken the wind out of our sails. And so perhaps this is, an, this is a good time that we're reading this story. Perhaps it's God's Kairos timing. Because perhaps like Legion, like me, you too may feel that you've come to the point in your life that though it's a new year and you're supposed to be making resolutions and feel passionate and driven, where you kind of just feel like you're crying out desperate prayers to God because you've come to the end of yourself. Maybe the end of your strength, the end of your inner resources. And if that is you, then I have some very, very good news. A good news that is revealed in this story and throughout all of the scriptures. And that is this. With God, the end of me is usually where the best of me begins. <laughs> Isn't that true? With God, the end of me is usually where the best of me begins. It was only after David was betrayed by his troops and wept until he could weep no more that he rose from those ashes and became king. It was only after Elijah prayed that God would literally take his life because he couldn't anymore that he encountered the literal presence of God and he empowered the next generation for ministry. And Legion will testify with God the end of me is usually where the best of me begins because he is truly a God of new beginnings. He is truly a God of new beginnings. So there is always hope. There's always hope. No matter how hopeless you feel right now, no matter the pain that you're going through, no matter the confusion, even if like a legion you feel like you're desperate, no matter how difficult the season is, no matter how many tombs you're walking through and how isolated you feel, there is always, 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 always hope with God. I'm not sure why I've always pictured the story unfold in the daytime. Did anyone else picture it in the daytime as I was telling it? It wasn't. <laughs> the Gerasenes was just a two-hour journey from Capernaum. And Jesus left when evening came. <laughs> and so, hear this. It was dark when Jesus arrived. It was dark when Legion was delivered. Sometimes God's greatest work of deliverance happens in our darkest night of the soul. He's always working. And so if you're in the worst season you've ever been in, may you know there is hope because he works in the dark. He is always working, even when you can't feel it. Even when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we do not have to be afraid. Why? Because his rod and his staff are comforting us. He works in the valley. He is a God who prepares a feast in the presence of our enemies, so he's at work in our war. Shadrach will testify that there was another person in the furnace with them, so he's at work in the fire. He's at work in the pain. He's at work in the gravestones. He's at work in the silence. Even when his disciples had given up all hope and were visiting his tomb, 
he had descended into the depths to conquer the power of death, to bring about our deliverance. He was working. And it was while it was still dark, Scripture tells us, that Jesus rose from that grave. God brings about his new beginnings from the darkest places of our lives. May we hold on to that. If you have found yourself starting this year on the back foot, may you hold on to that truth. There is hope because he is working. He has never stopped working. And he is working in the season that you're in right now. The second thing the story reveals is that God is a God who does so much more than just hear our cry for help. He comes to find us. He's a God of action. You see, some scholars have revealed that the mountains Jesus would go into early morning and in the evening to pray and be alone with his Father are positioned in such a way that in the stillness of night, you were able to hear the groanings and cries from the mountains on the other side. While Legion was crying out, Jesus was praying. Jesus heard his cry. Jesus heard his cry. May you know today that whenever you have lifted up a desperate cry, God has heard it. When you thought you were alone, you were not alone. When you thought no one could understand, he could. When you thought no one was listening, he was. Jesus was listening. But more than that, Jesus was moved into action. Because he is a God who does more than hear, he acts. He came to find him. And so one night, Jesus decided enough is enough. And he said to his disciples, let us cross over to the other side because there's a very important mission that I need to accomplish there. There's a very important mission that I need to accomplish there. Before that moment, Jesus was in the height of his popularity in Capernaum. Crowds of people, thousands of people would follow him day and night, desperate to hear him teach. But he left the crowds of thousands to go and search for the one who was lost. He left the place of comfort. Capernaum literally means place of the comforter. He left the place of comfort to go into enemy territory, into a pagan region where people either didn't know him or didn't like him, just so that he could rescue the one. And once he had set Legion free, he got right back on the boat and crossed over to the other side. Jesus had no other business there that day other than Legion. His entire mission was to touch one life. He is the God who always comes to find us. He is the God who leaves the 99 to go in search of the one who is lost. And so if you have started this year feeling a little lost, may you know there is truth and the truth is this, you will soon be found because he is the God who searches. He is the God who is always in relentless pursuit of us. There is a reason why the first question God ever utters in our scriptures is where are you? Because he is a God who searches. His love 
will not stop his pursuit of our hearts. His love will not stop his pursuit of our hearts. He always comes to find us. He always comes to find us. So may you hold on to the truth that help is on its way. You have been heard by God and help is on its way. And not just any kind of help. But this story, the third thing the story reveals to me is another fresh revelation of the power of our Jesus. Did you notice how powerful Jesus was? It starts in that boat. When the disciples first realized Jesus' power, they moved from being afraid of the storm to terrified of the one who could silence it. He is powerful beyond our imagination. And it happened again in the story. The people of the town, once they saw Legion was clothed and in his right mind, then they were afraid. They could handle the demonized maniac. They just could not handle the fact that they were in the presence of the one who could subdue him. The power of God can sometimes seem unnerving if we're looking at it from a spectator's point of view. But it was never God's intention for us to sit on the sidelines. He invites us into relationship with him to taste and see for ourselves that he is indeed good. And he is so, so good. He is so, so good. And when we experience his power for ourselves, we will realize it's his presence is the safest place to be. His presence is the safest place to be. Legion will testify to this. He's the one in the story who experienced God's power. And he begged Jesus to stay with him. He didn't want to leave Jesus aside after that moment. The power of God transformed his life. The power of God took him from the dark grips of darkness and brought him straight into the light. And in a single moment, in the presence of Christ, his entire world was transformed. His mind was restored. His hope was restored. His joy was restored. His life was completely transformed. Our God is powerful beyond measure. And in 2023, may we never forget that. May we never forget the power of our Jesus. Because our understanding of our God's power will affect the way we live in this world. The kind of prayers we're praying. The kind of faith that we're feeling. He is more than our sacrificial lamb. He is the lion of Judah. He is God. And he is powerful beyond measure. The devil knows the power of Christ. Did you notice in the story? When the disciples encountered Jesus' power, their response was, Who is this man? It's like they weren't expecting that kind of power to come from Jesus. But when the man possessed with many demons sees Jesus, his response is to kneel and tremble 
and to shout out, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, what are you going to do with me? The devil knows the power of Christ. Imagine what will happen when his church begins to walk with that same authority. Imagine what will happen when his church starts to pray with that kind of authority. Storms will certainly be a lot easier to endure in 2023 when we walk through life with the kind of confidence that can only come from knowing that the Son of God is on our boat. <laughs> there is nothing he cannot do. His name is the name that is above every other name, and at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess every single thing we're facing, every obstacle that we're enduring. Nothing is more powerful than our Jesus. There is nothing he cannot do, but there is something he will not do. There is nothing he cannot do, but there's one thing he will not do. He will not force himself upon us. When the people in that town asked Jesus to leave, he did. He could have changed their heart in an instant but he respected their freedom too much. And so in order for us to experience this life-transforming power that Legion experienced, we have to do what Legion did. We have to choose to run down from our heels and acknowledge our need for him. We have to surrender our hearts to him because surrender is the catalyst of transformation. We can be in the same room as Jesus and remain unchanged if we never open our hearts to him. And we know that to be true. I know that to be true. I was in many rooms with Jesus last year and walked out the same because I lived with a clenched fist and a closed heart. Legion had to come down from that hilltop. He had to surrender that gravesite. Last week, Quinn spoke of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus had to come down from that tree. In 2023, what is it that you have to come out of? What is it that you have to let go of? What is it that I have to let go of? You know, there are people in this room, I strongly feel, I strongly believe as I was preparing, I felt God on this. There are people in this room who are feeling tired and weary and completely burnt out because you spent the whole of 2022 trying to hold everything together yourself, trying to do everything in your own strength, internalizing all the pain on your own, internalizing all the pressure on your own, coming up with your own solutions. And I felt the spirit of the Lord whisper, it is time in 2023 to just finally let go and let God be God. It's time to allow God to take his rightful position on that throne in our hearts so that we are liberated from the pressure that comes from sitting there ourselves. And when we do that, when we finally let go of our fear or our pride, because it's usually one of those two things that stops us from going to Jesus, when we finally let go of those two things, we will find that on the other side of our surrender is transformation. That's what Legion found. He was completely transformed. And just like with Legion, God wants to transform our mind and our hope and our life and our joy and our purpose. Our purpose.
In closing, the world is desperate for your transformation. The world is desperate for your transformation because it has transformed people who transform cities and schools and workplaces and varsities and churches. Did you know that for the first time in our history over the last couple of years, the global church is in decline in numbers? It's no wonder that all of a sudden the world is in chaos. It's no wonder that there's so much violence and corruption and mental health issue and pain. The world is in desperate need of Jesus. The world is in desperate need of a move of God, and God is desperate to move. But here's the thing. God moves through people, and God is looking for someone to move through. At the end of the story, Legion begs to go with Jesus. He begs. And Jesus says something surprising. Jesus says, no. Now, if there's ever been a character in need of maybe a little bit of discipleship, it was probably this guy. <laughs> but Jesus says, no, you can't come with me. He says, instead, I want you to go to your home, and I want you to tell everyone you encounter what God has done for you and the mercy that you have experienced. You see, church, sometimes Jesus doesn't need us to go to change the world. Sometimes he asks us to stay to change the world. And Legion was obedient. He went and told everyone about what Jesus did for him. He went from maniac to missionary. <laughs> he was actually the first person to share the, the word, the news about Jesus to the Gentiles. The first time, the first time Jesus went to the Gerasenes, there was one demon-possessed man waiting for him and an entire town of people asking him to leave. The next time, Jesus went to that exact same region. Because of the testimony of Legion, there was a crowd of over 7,000 waiting. May we never underestimate the power of one life surrendered to Christ. God is looking for someone to move through. May this year be the year we decide it is us. He is powerful. He is present. He's just waiting for our surrender. May we pray together as the worship team comes up. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for your wonder-working power. We are so grateful, God, that not only are you an attentive God who hears our cry and who knows our struggle and who knows our pain, but you are also a God who will stop at absolutely nothing to be near us. Lord Jesus, you endured that storm just for legion, and you endured the cross just for us. And because of that beautiful cross, we now have access to your life-changing, wonder-working power that is found in your presence. And we know, Lord Jesus, that so often we come into moments like this, and out of fear, out of pride, out of uncertainty, we walk away unchanged. 
But we ask for a grace in this room this morning, God, that as we begin to sing these words in worship, that you'll give us the courage to open up to you, to take off our mask, to cry out to you about our pain, to surrender our will, our way, our brokenness, and to allow you in again so that we too may experience your life-transforming power, so that your presence may fall upon us and equip us to go out into this world and to share the mercy and the grace that we have received so that more people may come to know of your love. I pray all of this in your wonderful name. Amen.